Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Well, today we are beginning uh, week two of our Family Feels series. And uh, my message today is going to be a little bit different. And, and I, I, we have some fill-in-the-blanks in your bulletin. If you've got a bulletin, you can follow along with me today. Uh, I've got several scripture verses. Uh, typically don't do that, but uh, I wanted to do something a little bit different with our family message. That, that, that as I talked about last week, that we're going to be looking at different aspects of family. And this isn't just our biological family, but this is our spiritual family, our church family. Um, but I believe this goes beyond even that, but it, it really focuses in on our relationships that no matter where you are, whether you've got a husband or a wife or you, your kids are grown or grandkids, wherever you are, I believe that what we're talking about is going to be applied many different areas and many relationships, not just our family, but more specifically talking about our families, that, that we understand that, that families can be great. We can have wonderful memories with our families. You can think back to, to all the wonderful times. I was uh, Thursday evening, had the opportunity to, uh, to be a part of the, um, uh, the Franklin Graham uh, informational meeting that is going to be, that Franklin Graham is going to do an event here in Plant City in January, and we're going to be giving you more information about that. And, but Thursday evening, we were able to go and just get some more information about it, what's going to happen. And, uh, and the speaker was talking about, you know, remembering back in the day when uh, you would, you know, your parents would throw you back in the station wagon. And, you, you know, you would fight over who had to sit on the hump. Does anybody remember that? Like, you know, it was like, we, like now kids are so strapped down and harnessed. Like there's so much going involved just putting a kid in the car. When I was a kid, no joke, in one of the cars that we had, it was a station wagon. It was a white station wagon. And there was a hole in the back seat and the floorboard. And, and we had just a, a, just a floor mat covering it. And, and I, I was too little to remember this, but my sisters and what scarred them for the rest of their lives is one of my sisters, they, they hit a speed bump and she literally fell through it and her feet were dangling. Luckily, they weren't going very fast. She was fine, but she scarred for life. I'm telling you, she always brings up that story and she's the middle child. So of course, you know, you did it on purpose. Nobody loves me. I'm the middle child. And all the middle children said... And all the other kids said, grow up, get over it. <laughs> I'm the baby, can't you tell? But, you know, you think back to those times and you have great family memories and all the things that are wonderful about family, but then there are some, there are some pain points in family. There are some difficult times that you can think back and, 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 and I think that story is funny, but my sister may see that as a traumatic event in her life story. But families can be wonderful, but families can also be a little bit challenging. Uh, there's a story of a lady that, you know, she was, her, her in-laws, her and her husband had just recently got married. They didn't have money to go on a honeymoon. So her in-laws said, we want to bless you and we want to send you on a honeymoon. We're going to pay for it, all of it. She's like, that's awesome. So immediately they're thinking, Hawaii, we're thinking Mexico, you know, something like that. And, and her mother-in-law said, well, uh, actually we're sending you to Disney World. Okay, I mean, that's not necessarily what you're thinking for a honeymoon, Disney, Disney World, but okay. And she said, but, so we're going to send you to Disney World, but we've never been, so we're going to come along with you. But wait, there's more. My, my best friend, the mother-in-law, her best friend had never been, so she invited her to come along too and her husband and their two kids. But wait, there's more. And then the newlyweds, sister-in-law and brother-in-law and their kids came along too. So the idea that they started was we're paying for a honeymoon has now turned to this is just a family vacation. 
Needless to say, there wasn't a whole lot of honeymoon going on during that trip. <laughs> Families sometimes have great intentions. That, you know, somebody wants to do something for you. Somebody wants to bless you. But then it turns into a mess. And you wonder, what were you thinking? How did this happen? And, and it becomes a, a, a pain point in your life. We have some crazy stories as I, I could go around the room and, and, and ask everyone, tell me a crazy story about your family. And we probably could come up with five right away. You know, some amazing things that have happened in our family, great things that have happened in our families, but probably some difficult ones as well. Hopefully, no matter what situation, no matter how our family is, our goal is that we want to have a strong family. That we want to have good relationships within our family. That, that we don't like it when there's negativity. We don't like it when there's fighting going on. That, that typically we try to avoid those things. That we want, we want strength. We want health in our families. But family can be one of the biggest pain points in all of our lives. You might be going through a difficult time in your family right now. There might be some pain. There might be some hurt. And even as we get closer to the holiday season, I know that that can create extra pressure. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series and our marriage conference on Wednesday to help specifically during this time of year. Because I know it can be challenging. We love our families. We, we want the best out of them. But they can be challenging and they can be difficult. So today I want to look at some essentials for our relationships and our families. And again, I, I think this, I believe these principles go outside of just the family, but Specifically thinking with that in mind, some of the essentials that we each can do. And, and I, I want to look at things that, that may be hindering our relationships or within our families and we may not even realize it. And, and, and I don't want us to, uh, to point the finger or look at anyone else because, be honest with me, sometimes when you hear a message or you hear something and, and, and you think, man, I wish so-and-so was here to hear, hear that message. They really need to hear that. Maybe you need to hear it. Maybe you're the one that needs to hear it. And, and so with that in mind, again, this is a little bit different message and, and that I want us to think in that context. And, and my points today, I've got five points today, and they're going to be I statements. Because you realize this, in any argument, it takes two people. In any argument, and you say, well, we don't argue. We, we, we just disagree. Okay. Well, you might disagree very loudly. But in any disagreement, any argument, it, it takes two people. If you remove yourself from that argument, it's no longer an argument. It's just one person mad or upset yelling at thin air. That's not an argument any longer. But when you interject yourself and you respond, that turns into an argument. And, and we're, we're so quick to jump into that and point fingers. And this is what you've done wrong. Or this is what, how I've been hurt by you and all of those things. But what if we remove ourselves from the argument? We remove ourselves, but we do some self-reflection and look at our own lives and so the first point that I want to take a look at is, is point number one is this, is that I must admit my own mistakes. The first essential to a healthy, strong relationship, a healthy, strong family is this, is that I must admit my own mistakes. A couple of verses this morning to start out. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It'll be up on the screen for you because we're going to be jumping around a lot this morning. But Romans chapter 3, 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. 
Now, I, this might be a, a, a newsflash, but there's nobody that is perfect. There's no one walking this earth that is perfect. I, I, again, there might be some of you like, I'm really close. Like, I know. No, but, but really, I don't want to burst any, bu- any, bu- any bubbles today, but no one is perfect. We all need to do some self-examination from time to time and admit our mistakes. Admit when we are wrong. Now, I'll admit, I'll be honest this morning, I don't always like to admit when I'm wrong. Who does? Nobody really likes to admit when they're wrong. Like when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're wrong. You are so sure that you're right, and then you get, oh, nope, I was wrong. Man, don't want to, I'm wrong. You know, like nobody likes to admit it. Nobody likes to admit our mistakes. It doesn't feel good. We want to be right. But it's important that we admit when we're wrong. It's important that we admit I messed up. That, that there are times in, in, in our marriage, in our relationship, Rebecca will show me things. I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. The way I responded to that, it was wrong. I've, I've had to admit that to my kids. I'm sorry. The way that I responded was wrong. Did I want to? No, because my flesh, everything inside of me, I, don't, I want to be right. That, but no, the way I handled that was wrong. I'm sorry. Going to them and saying, the way that I said that, the way I responded, that was wrong. I'm sorry. Admitting when we're wrong doesn't always feel good, but we know it's necessary. It's important that we do it. Clearly, we see in Scripture that none of us are perfect. We have all fallen short of the standard of God and His glory. But there are things that are going to happen within our family, within our our relationships, in our church families, and whatever it may be, that we're going to admit that we were wrong. That we have to admit, I messed up. And owning up to it. And not just admitting it in your, to yourself, but never, but saying it to a person, saying it to them, you know what, I'm sorry for what I did. I was wrong. I thought I was right, but how I responded, own up that we need to admit when we're wrong. If somebody, if you have done something to another person, whether it's your husband, your wife, a child, whatever it may be, admitting when you're wrong is important. But that doesn't stop, but that doesn't solve the entire problem. That admitting, when, admitting that you're wrong and saying that you're sorry are important. But somebody once asked the question, well then how do, I, how do I establish trust with somebody that has wronged me? That yes, they said that they were wrong and they said that they're sorry. How can I reestablish trust? That is one of the most challenging things to do because when, when somebody breaks trust, it's hard to bring it back. But you can, but the only way that you can establish that trust is by changed behavior. That just because somebody says they're sorry and they messed up, but they continue to do it over and over and over again, are they really sorry? The best way to do that is by changed behavior. If you want to establish, if you want to build trust, once again, then you need to admit that you're sorry, but then change your behavior. That is how you can surely know that that person is truly sorry for what they did. And so if you admit your mistakes and say you're sorry, that's one thing. But then it's changed behavior to reestablish that trust and that relationship. So we need to do that heart check. And we need to do that examination just because I said I was sorry. Now is there changed behavior behind it to reestablish that trust? It's important that we couple the two together. And if you're somebody that has been on the, the, the end of being hurt, you need to see that changed behavior in that person doesn't mean just sit back, okay, everything's fine, and then keep going through it over and over again. No, they need to reestablish that trust, and that happens by changed behavior. So we need to admit our mistakes. We need to admit when we're wrong. 
The second essential that, that, that I want to take a look at today is that I must abandon my right to get even. I must abandon my right to get even. Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Why does that verse have to be there? Why can't we just get even? God, let me handle it. Just give me five minutes alone with them. I don't even need five. Give me two minutes. That's why it's there. Because we are not going to handle it the right way. We are not going to do what's right. But we've all been there. We all, we've been hurt. Somebody has done something to us and we think and we plan, how can I get even with them? What can I do to, to make them feel how I feel? What can I say to them to cut them deep? And whew, this happens in families all the time. Because families know each other, right? You know each other intimately. And so you know just the right word to say to your spouse or to your brother or to your sister, to your mom or your dad, your cousin, whatever, and say just the right words to cut them deep. Because we feel like we have to get even. You hurt me, so I'm going to throw it right back to you. But we need to abandon the, the, the idea that we need to get even. I've been hurt, so you need to hurt like I do. But clearly we see that's not the answer. That we need to let God handle it. We need to let him take care of what we want to take care of. We need to turn it over to him and let him take care of it. If somebody has hurt you, your spouse, a brother, sister, even a brother and sister in Christ, whoever it may be, could be even a son or a daughter, stop thinking you have to get even. Pray for them. Instead of spending time thinking how you can cut them or how you can hurt them, why don't you pray for them? Pray for them to see how they've hurt you. Pray for them for, for their eyes to be open, that, that God would restore that relationship. Allow God to work in their hearts. Allow God to, to move in them and, and to minister to them. But here's the thing is that you may never hear the words that you need to hear from them or what you think you need to hear from them. They may never come to you and say, I'm sorry for whatever it is. They may never send you a note in the mail. They never may do anything, but you still have to abandon your right to get even. Say, God, I'm turning it over to you. I'm not going to wait until the day they come back and, and, and ask for forgiveness. I'm not going to, I'm going to trust you that you're going to handle it in your time, that I'm not going to spend my time focusing on how I can get even. I'm just going to let it go and trust in you. And that can be a challenge. But we have to move on. We have to trust that God will take care of the situation. Number three, that I, ha I must, I must abandon my right to be right. Mm. Not a whole lot of amens right there. <laughs> Proverbs 21, 2. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Amen. I can admit when I'm wrong. It takes a little, little time, but I can admit it. But what if I'm right? And I know that I'm right. If Rebecca can show me you were wrong... Okay, I was wrong. Sorry. I'll admit it. But if I know that I'm right, how do I just let that go? There are people, and I know, and, and don't raise or nudge or anything like that. I'm looking down right here. I'm not looking at anybody. There are people that they always have to be right. 
In every situation, no matter what it is, you probably have family members. They always have to be right. (laughs) We all have them. We all have them. There's always that person that always, always, always has to be right, but we need to give that up. We need to give that up because when that happens, when we focus so much on being right, that it causes division. It, causes, it, it just causes so much stress and so much strife in our relationships that we need to realize, is this battle worth fighting? Just because I know that I'm right, do I really need to fight? Does it matter? There was a couple this one time, and they were arguing over when their first date was. That, 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 that she said they went on their first date in June. He said their first date was in July. And they, you know, at first it started, no, it was this, that. And to the point where now it, it was uncomfortable, okay? It was like, guys, I don't care. June or July, it doesn't matter. But they both had to be right. No, I know what I was wearing. I know the shoes that I was wearing. I know what I had for dinner. Da, 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 da. And he the same way. No, it, was, it doesn't matter. Both of them had to be right. And I'm going, it doesn't matter, <laughs> I don't care. This is not a hill worth dying on. But they both had to be right. And that causes so much friction within relationships and within marriages and families that we both have to be right when we need to stop. Take a step back and go, does this matter? No, it doesn't. June, July, doesn't matter. Even if you both know that you're right, although somebody obviously wasn't, (laughs) but it doesn't matter. There are things that we argue about, things that we are in conflict over, and it doesn't... No, the car was red. I know it was red. No, it wasn't, honey. It was green. No, it was red. No, it doesn't matter. We need to realize that and abandon... It's okay. I don't have to be right. I don't always have to be right. Now, with a caveat. What if you know that you're right... And, and you need to prove that you're right. Just a, a simple scenario. Let's say you and your spouse are talking about when a bill is due. You say the 15th, your spouse says the 30th. You know it's the 15th, your spouse knows it's the 30th. Well, how do you solve that? You go, you get the bill and say, look, it says the 15th. And, but in that context, saying, honey, I, I, maybe your dates got off and, and things, but it's, I just wanted to show you clearly it's the 15th. I'm, I'm not trying to start an argument, I, whatever. I'm not trying just to be right. I just don't want us to have to pay a late fee, whatever. It says the 15th. So, you know, extend a little bit of grace and not, ha, 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 I was right, you know, and do the, you know, victory dance and all that, you know, whatever you do. You know, confetti goes flying and all of that. We take it a little bit too far. It's okay to prove that you're right in a situation like that when you realize, you know what, I do need to, I, it, this needs clarification, But there are other things that I think in our families we allow stuff to happen that it really doesn't matter. That this is not a hill we're dying on. And I think we could save a lot in relationships and our families if we abandon our right to be right. So you know what? It's okay. If you say it's June, it's June. It doesn't matter. Whatever the situation may be that we need to extend a little bit of grace, what leads me to point number four is that I must apply God's grace to my relationships, to all my relationships. I must apply God's grace to my relationships. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. 
Elaine is doing a study on Wednesday night on, on words, and because of the, the situation with our guest speaker, we were all able to, to be a part of the first session of that, which was a blessing to everyone that was a part of it. And understanding the power of our words and, and what we say and how we say matter, our words carry a lot of weight. Sometimes we, name, we may not even realize the weight of our words, but in the middle of conflict, in the middle of that, what are we saying? How are we saying things? Are we extending grace to our family members? Are we taking a moment and, and gathering our thoughts and, and thinking of the words we're going to say before we say them? I think that if we, if we took a moment to do that and extended the grace that God has given to us and extend that grace to family members when they've hurt us or whatever the situation may be, I think that that would bring down the conflict. It's, it's, I use the example of my kids all the time because that's just my life. I mean, that's, we've got three kids and, and what, seventh, fifth, and third grade right now. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time together as a family and stuff happens. And, and, and something that I've noticed uh, within the family dynamic is if, if something happens between my kids, let's say, uh, you know, one of them spills a drink on the counter and it lands on their brother or sister. It's, you know, what did you do that for? Why did you spill it all over me? You know, just, ah, I'm like, it's okay. But if somebody were to do that at church, I know if it was in a different context, if somebody else were to do that, okay, yeah, I got a little bit, of, it's okay. Like, but because it's family, we, we don't have as much grace. Because it's people that we know, we don't extend as much grace. That I believe in the context of family, in our relationships, we need to extend grace. So much more grace than what we are currently doing. That we need to realize the grace that God has given to us because our words matter and how we say and what we say really matters. And we can't take those words back once they've come from our lips. So we need to it, we give the grace that we so willingly receive from God that, that I, I take all the grace that God gives me. Keep it on. I need more and more. But I need to be willing to extend that same grace. That when somebody has said something or done something within my family or even beyond whatever relationship, but to extend that same grace and not say things out of anger or say things out of hurt because I don't want to damage the relationship. To take a step back and say, God, thank you for the grace that you've given me. Let me extend that to this family member. Let me extend this to the, the person that I'm in conflict, whatever it may be. That when you feel like there's an argument about to happen or you feel like it's, the tension is rising, God, let me extend the grace that you have given me. And perhaps that will be something that will help your future relationship and, and within your family dynamic. It leads me to my last point this morning. Is that I must learn to live in forgiveness. I must learn to live in forgiveness. Not just give forgiveness, but I need to live in forgiveness. Matthew 6, 14 through 15 for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I think that, that each one of these are challenging in their own way, but I think this one may be one of the most challenging. As we look at the essentials for, for our families and for our relationships, that, that we need to extend forgiveness even in the most difficult of circumstances. That we need to live in forgiveness. When we hold on to unforgiveness, the only person that it's damaging is ourselves. That we may think that that, that person has hurt us and that, that I'm not forgiving them, that they know what they did to me and, and so I'm just going to live in this unforgiveness and, and I'm not going to extend forgiveness to them. We're only hurting ourselves. 
But when we live in that, when we hold on to unforgiveness, we're not hurting them. The only relationship we're hurting is this one between us and God. That when we have unforgiveness in our hearts, it separates us from God. God isn't moving anywhere. We're the ones moving. We need to offer forgiveness as forgiveness has freely been given to us. That Jesus died on the cross that all of our sins would be forgiven. He didn't hold anything over our head and say, until you do this... Or until you say that, I'm not going to forgive you. He offered forgiveness to all of us if if we submit our hearts and our lives to him. There's nothing that I want to keep me in in between my relationship with God. I don't want it to look at my life and go, there's there's a, a, a wall between me and God. And if I'm holding on to unforgiveness, I've done that. I've put that wall between me and God. I I need all I all of God I can get. And so if there's something that I can do, that I want to be willing to do it. I want to forgive others even though they have hurt me, even though they have cut me to the core, that that family members have done that to me in my personal life. I have been cut deep. I have heard things said about me just within earshot. They didn't think that I knew what they were saying or that I was in the room and I heard what they said about me and who they thought I was going to be cut me deep. But I had to come to a place where I forgave that person. It was hard. It was not easy. Trust me. When it's somebody that you think loves and cares about you, and, and can say some devastating and hurting, hurtful things. But I had to come to a place of forgiveness. That I didn't even realize I was holding on to it until years later. And the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. You've been holding on to this since you were about 12 years old. It was challenging. It was not easy. But when I did that, I felt so much, free, so much freedom. Because I extended that forgiveness. Unforgiveness hinders our walk and our relationship with God. You've probably heard the story of the, the police officer that, that, that killed a man. And it went viral because of how the family member sitting in court addressed her. And, and like I said, you've probably seen this clip. But, but I want to show it to, to really drive home the point this morning. Go ahead and play it. I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but... I see. I I personally want the best for you, and I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone. But I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. That's the gospel in living color. That's what we should all strive for. In the flesh, I don't believe there's anybody in here that would have 
bemoan the fact that, that or discourage the fact that, that, he, that that family member would sit and say, you know what, I hope you rot in jail because you killed my family member. You deserve to rot in jail. In the flesh, that's all of us. Yes, she deserves that. She killed his, his family member, but he forgave her. She took his life, but he sat there and said, I don't want you to rot in jail. I want you to know Jesus. That's my hope for you. And to embrace her. I don't know if I could do that. I hope and I pray that I would. But that's the forgiveness that we need to extend to others. As I was preparing this message this week, I I felt strongly that I need to sit on this point for just a moment. That I believe that there are some people that are here today and you have been holding on to unforgiveness for a long time. That there has been somebody or something that or they have done something to you and, and it hurt you deeply. And, and I by no means am trying to make light of any situation today because I don't know what you've gone through in your life. I'm not comparing it to this young man and his family situation. But it's powerful what this young man was able to speak to this lady. He forgave her because that's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 16. Forgive as we have been freely forgiven. Forgive others that have hurt you. And so I I ask this question with every one of us here today. this, This whole message has been I statements. Not thinking about anyone else and not pointing your finger and saying, man, I wish somebody else was here to hear this message or this how is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? Do you have unforgiveness in your heart? Are you holding on to something that you have been just have not been able to let go for whatever reason? Maybe the words that were spoken to you, maybe the the actions that they they did towards you. I don't know the situation, but are you holding on to any unforgiveness today? Because we need to live in forgiveness. Again, I don't know the details of your situation. I don't know what's going on, but I feel strongly that there is somebody or several people here today that you need to forgive this morning. You need to forgive the person that has hurt you because all you're doing is destroying yourself from the inside. It's eating away at you. It's it's taking away your joy. It's taking away the victory that God has for you. God wants us to live a life that is that, that, that we walk in freedom, that we walk in joy, that we walk in peace. That doesn't mean life is always going to be easy. That doesn't mean we're going to face challenges. But we shouldn't live in unforgiveness where that turns into to bitterness or it turns into to just where you, you, when people walk in the room, they just see it all over your face. It's eating you alive. And today you need to offer forgiveness. That person may not even be alive anymore, but you need to forgive them. As Christ has forgiven you and all of your sinful, wicked deeds, we need to forgive others. We need to extend that same forgiveness that has been so freely given to us. 
God is the one that can heal your brokenness. God is the one that can restore your heart. God is the one that can mend you back together. That person, whether they're dead or alive, their words, they could say, stand right in front of you and say, I'm sorry, forgive me. And it just falls on deaf ears because you've become so hard to it. God is the only one that can heal you and mend you. You may be waiting for them to say those words, but I'm here to say you may never hear them. You've got to get beyond the place where they're going to walk up to you one day and say, please forgive me for X, Y, and Z. Call you up on the phone, send you a letter. You've got to be okay saying, no matter what happens, I'm going to forgive them because I need this from my life. I want all that God has for me. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to hold this inside. This burden is so heavy on your shoulders that you're being weighed down. And God says, I want to lift it up off you today. I want you to walk with your shoulders head held, held high. Walk in the freedom that I have for you today. All across the room with every head bowed and every eye closed. Our hope, our desire is to live and have strong, happy, healthy families. I know that's what I want for my family. That's what I want for my kids and for my wife, for my extended family, but that's what I want for our church. I want our church to be strong. I want us to live in fellowship with one another, with brothers and sisters in Christ, this adopted family of God. Are there challenges? Yes. Are we perfect? No. But we can still be strong. We can still be healthy if we examine our, our hearts. And maybe you're here today and say, you know what? I need to admit my mistakes. I need to admit I'm wrong. I have messed up. Again, not pointing fingers or looking at anyone else, but examine your heart. Is there something that you need to ask forgiveness for? Something that you need to admit? Or maybe you've been, I just, you've been trying to get even. Say, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to get even. I'm going to give it over to you, God. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust that you're going to handle it. Maybe you always have to be right and say, I'm not, I'm not going to live that anymore. Maybe you just need to apply some of God's grace in your relationships. God, you've freely given this grace to me and I'm going to extend it today. And maybe that grace lends itself into forgiveness. That maybe you're here today and you need to forgive. You've been holding this burden for far too long. from that person I'm sorry please forgive me you've been holding on to that you've been you're waiting for the day and that's that's when you hear that that's been in your voice and when I when I hear that that's when I'll finally forgive them today it's 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 time to move beyond that because you may never hear those words I hope and I pray you do but what if you don't live a life that is free from the burden Live your life in a way that, that there is no burden on your shoulder because you've held on to this. Say, God, I forgive them. And maybe that's what you need to do right now is just say, God, I forgive, fill in the blank. I forgive them for the hurtful words. I forgive them for the pain that they caused me. I forgive them for the years of anger. I, I forgive them for the years of bitterness. I forgive them for the years of torture. You have forgiven me of my sins and I extend that forgiveness maybe it's your heart's desire today 
to walk in freedom like you never have before. That's all you want. That's all you desire. God is the one who will meet our needs and give us the desires of our heart. He desires that you walk in freedom today. Forgive them. Forgive them. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. You've been holding on for too long. God, you'll never forgive me. I was, I was too wicked. I was too dirty. I was too wrong. Forgive yourself. Maybe nobody has done anything to you, but you've been holding on to it. You're never going to be able to go back and fix all your mistakes. You may never be able to go back and make everything right. Only God can do that. So stop trying and simply receive his forgiveness in your life today. Admit you've messed up. Admit you've sinned. You've done things that are wrong. But that is the grace of God. That Jesus died on the cross for every one of our sins. That his blood covers all of our sins. That we may all receive that forgiveness and walk in freedom and walk in liberty. If you want a revival of your heart, a revival of your soul, a revival in your family, then forgive today. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Examine your heart. Holy Spirit, speak right now to every heart, every life this morning. If you would stand this morning, I've asked the worship team to come and play. I believe strongly right now the Holy Spirit is ministering and moving. And if you want somebody to join with you and pray, then please come forward. Our prayer partners will be up here to pray with you. If you want to come and just kneel down, if you want to be right where you are, it doesn't matter. But I believe that maybe you need to shake out of something, that maybe you need to take a step of faith today and say, God, I've been holding on for this too long, and I'm, I'm going to do something different that I've never done before. Take this opportunity. Take this chance. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister you this morning. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.